Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Odds worshippers, Canto followers, welcome back. Spoiler country. I am Kenneth Regan. That right there is the always enchanting Mr. Horsley. And today on the show, well, it's David Brewer and Drew Zucker, isn't it? It's the return of David and Drew, man. Dude, I'm not kidding. We have, you need to join this because I think this is I'm, the third I'll time. i the next one. You were on the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And the first time they came on. Then we did a commentary track, which was amazing. So yep. this is their third time on. These and guys are so much track, but Somebody messed up. Huh? It was supposed to be a commentary track, but somebody messed up. Somebody just kept talking to him. No. No, no. We talk about it. If you listen to the whole thing and you go into the thing, we just decided not to do it. Yeah, I know. But it, it was supposed to be a commentary track, and you guys just didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. But no one messed up. It was, it was a group decision. It's funnier if I say you messed up. <laughs> That's what but I'm saying. wrong. <laughs> So I don't wrong. care about accuracy here. No, it was it was a lot of fun, man. These guys are great. I love talking yeah. with David and and Drew. Um, they're just cool guys. And, you know, they're, they're yeah, salt the of the earth. Yeah, you guys talk about Canto issue five, right? Canto volume two issue volume two. five, which came out uh, Wednesday, I believe, either the sixteenth or the <laughs> or the ninth. Kind of do the math in my head, and I. <laughs> well, according to what they said in the interview, they said February third. So I don't know. Oh, that makes sense too. The third, yeah, yeah. Which is my which is my wedding anniversary, so it's a good day. Yeah, yeah. So no, this it's Canto, Canto is great, man. If you, if you haven't read Canto, you oh, need to pick up Canto. It's, it's so good. It's literally one of, one of my favorite books right now. It's so much fun yeah. to read, and I don't know if you love the classic like Wizard of Oz kind yeah. of feelings, you're gonna like it. You're gonna like it a lot. Yeah, there's a lot for you. This volume one, volume two is is going through the the Canto the Hollow Man paperback comes out uh, in May, May twelfth, yep. and then pre-ordering for Canto in the City of Giants uh, number one is uh, in shops on April fourteenth. Yep. Then volume three will be coming, so yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, just sit back, listen. I asked David about his husband and his comic book career. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because it it it, it circles back with the way you and uh, you know <laughs> what our relationships nice. are like as well. Where yeah. we're all into something and they're just not. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I love <laughs> it's it. It's so accurate. <laughs> so why don't we just sit back, relax, and listen to uh, David and Drew in their own words. All right, guys, we're back. What can I say? This is, I believe, their third outing with me on the show. I love these two. We have... Always have a good time. We just had like 20 minutes of pre-talk before we even started. That was a lot of fun that we might release as a mini thing because we talk a lot about WandaVision, which was a lot of fun, actually. But 
They have a whole new thing. David Boer and Drew Zucker, welcome back. Canto 5, it's coming out. It is. And thanks for uh, having us. You really can't shake us at this point. <laughs> We're here. Are you kidding? I would have you guys on all the time if I could it, get away with it. it. <laughs> we, we are here at least until 2022. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's the big news that came out a few weeks ago now. I don't know. Time has lost all meaning for me in the right. pandemic. So I think the press release went out a few weeks ago. We announced that we're doing... So Canto 5 wraps up... Number 5, right? Yeah. Canto 2, The Hollow Men, issue number 5 of 5 wraps up. And for those of you... Maybe spoiler alert, minor spoiler alert. I, I'm sure a lot of the readers who came off of issue four were thinking, how are they going to wrap up all of Canto in one issue? Yeah. And we sent out, the, we, we wanted the press release to come out about the future adventures because it will become clear after readers read issue five that yeah. there is a quite a bit more story to go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys. You guys sent me an advanced copy, which I, I I very much appreciate. It was an amazing read, and we just some some major things pushing of the story happens, and some major plot points happen. And I don't want to give away too much, but Canto does I think two very big things, not only for his for his people, but also for how do you say her name, Lauren? Laura. Alora. Uh, sorry but also for Alora's people. And it's, it's interesting because you kind of go through and it's not that you're surprised that Canto succeeds, but it's, it's, it's cool to see how you're shaping this up to move forward for the next adventure. Because do you guys even have a timeline of when the next adventure might start? We do. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Is it something you can share or is it? Yeah, we can, we can talk all about it. So we're already having pre-orders for, a three-issue mini called Canto in the City of Giants, which is a kind of like Canto in the Clockwork Fairies. It's yeah. a, sort of a quasi-expanded side quest for Canto. Nice. <clears throat> I love those. And I love them too. It, it allows us it allowed us to tell some stories that are a little <clears throat> bit light, lighter. They're a little bit lighter in sort of tone and message. But it ex- the expands the whole universe, which I like. Yeah, and it allows us to explore different corners. Yeah. We brought in a guest artist, Sebastian Perez, who's doing fantastic work because Drew and I are already hard at work on Canto 3, Lionhearted, which is coming slated for mid-2021, so mid this year, sometime around July, we think. Right. When he goes into the va- the, the Lionheart Valley in, in 5, what – was your whole like thought process on that, that first scene? Because I, I don't think we're giving anything away by coming in. It, it kind of looks like he's surrounded in snow, which is appropriate for Drew right now, being stuck in New York in this storm of the century, it seems like. But you have a very significant thing happen. And you guys use a lot of white, which I really liked because it made all the colors pop. But... Was there anything significant that we should that we can talk about that we can take away from not only the color use but the way you you draw everything, Drew, and the the viewpoints, and then also the fact that I don't think you ever actually name her 
that he's talking to, or if you can even talk about that yet. I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't read five. Uh, we see her. We see her at the end of issue four, so we can talk about yeah. the princess. We, we can talk about that. Yeah. Go ahead, Drew. Why don't you take this one? I I mean that was that was very much David's idea. That that's all kind of coming from the that, that's all from the script. So the idea is more to remove Kanto from the world yeah. at that moment and send and send him to a place that isn't anything like the rest of the rest of the world that he's been in. And it's sort of just, you know, this embodiment of magic and more of a a limbo almost, which is why you see some characters coming back in those scenes. And that that's really what that that was. And the idea was just let's remove all of the let's remove all the color, but kind of make it the the opposite of the black pages that we had been using where we would do the all black pages with the the splattering on it and the lettering yeah. over it that people were all very much into. That and so great. we just built that into a full scene. It looked really nice. Right. And <clears throat> the, yeah, it's, you know, from a practical technical standpoint, we do that to allow the lettering and art and colors, like you said, sort of pop and isolate those and really bring those forward from a storytelling perspective. This, the Valley of the Lionhearted once was a real place. And it was in the unnamed world. It was the place where the, the magic in the world sort of resided. And the Shrouded Man, we know the story of the night. And when he went to the tallest tower and the princess wasn't there, he sort of lost all his hope. In a backstory, he goes to the Valley of the Lionhearted to claim all the magic in this world for himself. And so by the time Kanto gets there eons later, it's a slate that has been completely wiped clean, except for this woman he sees who is the embodiment of the princess that the, the knight in the Shrouded Man were once, you know, was, was once searching for. So that from, that's the storytelling perspective of it is he gets to this place and he's expecting an actual valley. And what he finds is a void that's been stripped of all of the magic, except for what's left, which is uh, the heart. Well, yeah. Spoiler alert. I think, <laughs> well, I, I, issue four. I think yeah. it was at the end of issue four. I was trying but, everything not to say heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll spoil some of it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So he finds that the shrouded man had to leave his heart to take all the power. So that's sort of the visual representation of what it's like once the, sh- after the shrouded man has taken everything away from what you know may very well be the heart of this world yeah that they all live in yeah i i love the fairy tale overtones like because you said before david how much of a fan of the wizard of oz you are and yeah the, the more you get into this the more you can really feel the the you've you've created a modern fairy tale and it's so much fun and it's like I don't know, it's very that scene is very ethereal. You know, when you're going through and when she brings up the doors, you know, and she opens up this huge portal door and she's like, Do you know what this is? And he's like, I do. And you're just like, Oh, this is this is getting I mean, this is getting beyond just a normal little clockwork 
night. <laughs> right. How much right. you can see us, you can see pieces of this moving into, you know, what will be the story that gets carried through, through the next two arcs. Yeah. Th- yeah. This next arc is going to be huge. And I can, all I can say is tell people that if this ends on a very huge push, uh, I think that's the best way to put it. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Cause I, I can tell, I already can't wait. Cause it, it's, the story has grown, you know, as stories dude, but it's gotten like not a simple tale, but Well, yeah, I guess a simple tale that moved forward and now it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And now it's much more of a massive thing. And it's, I, I I can't, I I tell people all the time, have you read Canto yet? (laughs) You need to read it. (laughs) We appreciate that for sure. Yeah. I mean, we always try to stay laser, laser focused on Canto and his story and his motivation and that sort of thing. But it feels natural at this point to sort of open it up to Mm -hmm. a bigger world so the first arc was about him going on a quest to find his beloved's heart. And the second one, you know, he's on this quest to lift the curse from his people's clocks. So their time doesn't run out. Yep. And I think this is a natural midpoint for the story that we're the, the larger quest that he's on. So going forward, you're going to see the, the logical next step, which is preparation for the f- coming confrontation yeah i guess i don't want to spoil too much of it because we've got a lot of it planned out well canto yeah there's the preparation go ahead sorry i was just gonna say he's so the next step is the preparation and then the the final step we'll see is the you know he ended his first arc coming face to face with the shouted man and so it seems poetic that the entire story will culminate in another such confrontation yeah well the shroud man is different circumstances the shroud man's a great character because he's got you know you could tell that he's had some loss in his life and it's changed the 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 person that it was or who, Mm -hmm. who he was and it's it's not so i just like the fact that the characters that you've brought forth none of them are rarely really there's something more there you know you have deeper connections going on, which you can kind of feel it as you read through, which I, that's one of my favorite things with stories is when you ha- you could tell there's a lot of backstory that's driving the character forward that I might not know about. It's all subtextual. And I like that. So I, I feel like you probably went through and have a whole backstory for the Shrouded Man that you haven't even begun to hint at uh, beyond what you've already told. It's funny that we have actually seen the entire backstory of the Shrouded Man so far with the, the tale of the night that Kanto and his people knew yeah. from the first arc. But of course, there's, you know, there's a lot more to it. And that's one of the great things about how I think we've set up all these different characters is we get to go back to the well and keep going back for you know story to tell more about what's going on with these different characters. And that's an important thing. Thing for the Shroud Man because Shroud Man is not somebody that Kanto is ever going to be able to beat in a physical fight. So he's right. got to figure out how, what, what weapons does he have that will be effective? I guess. Well, you guys told you told the tale through the through the, but it was a, an oral history told by the clockwork. So to me, it's like as tales go, as they orally go down, you, you know, you've set, you've set it up to where you can make changes as much as you want based on the fact that 
it's an oral history, not a, a written history. Stories betray us. Exactly. Yep. It's that you know, stories. They they they're not often. They twist the truth, but at the end of the day, it doesn't. How, it's not the truth of the story. It's the story. Yeah. How satisfying so, was it we'll, to get? We'll find that out. How satisfying was it to get through this arc? How excited were we? Well, how satisfying was it to get oh, this arc it, out and done? It, it was pretty nice, mostly because this was a this one was a worker for sure. This one was a worker. It, it was nice to finish this one up and to see how it was coming together, especially for us that it I. I think from our end, it kind of proved that we weren't a fluke, that, you know, we we had more story to tell and that there was still a reader base that was willing to come along with it. Yeah. So, you know, it, it goes a long way, especially in this day and age where getting to do this kind of thing where you have an original character, original IP, everyone's tightening their belt and everyone's taking hits. And we managed to find a reader base that is so loyal to what we're doing that we were not only more successful with this one, we, we get to keep telling it. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of an amazing thing. And, you know, while it was really nice to get to the end of this arc, I, for David will tell you, I was going up the walls, just like bored, like, okay, I'm, I'm a week of not really drawing Canto. I kind of want to go back to drawing Canto now. He complains. He complains when he has too much work. He complains when he has not enough work. <laughs> Got to find that oh, Goldilocks he, zone, <laughs> zone for him. Exactly. Exactly. What is the Goldilocks but zone he, for Drew? He, there is no Goldilocks <laughs> zone. <laughs> but I've learned one thing about working with Drew. It's that there. it's the poor just too hot or too cold. Just mix it together, Drew. That's not rocket science. I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll try. I'll try. I'm taking, I'm taking your bed while I'm at it. Drew, what are you going to do when, when you guys wrap up Canto completely? I have no idea. Come up with an excuse for David another Canto? Talk- <laughs> yeah. David and I are talking about uh, a project that is in very, very, very early stages. You know, w- what we'd like to do next and, you know, whatever kind of comes my way but for now i am i am very happy doing this book i mean we're, we're 200 pages in it's awesome and i still like drawing it as much as i did when we first started if not more it's a phenomenal outlet for me creatively well you guys have done a, an amazing job on this thing i can't wait for canto 3 is it just canto 3 lionheart or lionhearted Lionhearted. Nice. And then City of Giants is coming in April. So that's the next mm-hmm. good one. Oh, okay. So so City of Giants first. And, uh, it, yeah, City of Giants, Lionhearted, and then Got a place it. like home. God, it's it's going to be exciting. I can't wait to, to to read this through. Actually, you know, going on what we talked about before we really started this, the binge, I can't wait for everything to be out and start from the beginning and read it right on through. Because... That's the one thing with you guys' work so far is if I sit down, I just like that first volume, I've read that like four times and it's never, it was never read 10 pages and, or 20 pages and then, and then walk away. It was read all of it. And so I can't, I can't wait to do that again. I, <laughs> I personally don't know how we did that because I, I'm the biggest critic of my own art. Yeah. I generally don't like to go back and look at my own stuff. I have accidentally gotten sucked into reading that book. <laughs> 
accidentally. It may make me sound like a jerk. I, I'm convinced it's probably David's writing, but I have gotten sucked into reading the book and been like, oh, well, I'm like 15 pages into my own book. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> but it's so you know, fun. It's funny. It's funny, Kenrick. I've heard people, I've heard some, some rumblings about Canto 2 where some some discussion about how reading it all together in a, in a single volume may be more satisfying than even the single issues because, yeah. you know, take issue free, three, for example, there's not a lot that, I mean, there's a lot that happens emotionally in that issue, but there's right. not, not a lot of action. There's not a lot of forward plot. Not momentum character in development. That issue. Yeah. And it, and it, I think it would feel very comfortable in a volume collecting all of yeah. the issues standing alone. It kind of feels like, well, I want the next thing. I want the next issue. I want the next issue. Yeah. So I'm glad to That's hear a that. That's testament to your writing. That's great. Well, thank you, Drew. That's the <laughs> nicest thing you've ever said to me. It's amazing how often feel the you love. come up with the nicest thing I've ever said to you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So now that you're, was it two years in? Yeah. And you got two or three. Yeah. Two or three years in, you got about two more years to go. I believe you said 20 or one more year to go. 2022. I believe you said everything will. Yeah. The goal is the goal is to have Canto three, six issues wrap up and then really just maybe a month and then Canto four start. So it's, we keep up the momentum for the second half of the story. Yeah. So it should end. It should, we should wrap in 2020, mid 2022, I would think. Um, not sure what Cantor's future after that is. We don't have anything locked in yet. Right. So there's um, potential that something more could happen if the right scenario comes into play. I don't, I definitely don't want to spoil how the whole series will end. Right. I think there are storytelling opportunities beyond 2022. Right. I think there's a way that I would like to tell them. Well, you guys I'm not create a rich world. You, don't, see it's, you have so many characters. You don't have to stick on one. You don't have to stick on Kanto either. Right. You have a whole other places to go if you, if you so choose. Well, so, so exactly. So if say hypothetically, after we wrap Kanto, the the major story arc, we have an opportunity to cr- start a Kanto ongoing. Yeah, and that could be something that we set far in the past before all the yep. events of Kanto happen. Oh, that would be rad. And that's a story that we could tell for you know fifty or hundred issues, just in that time period without right. without uh, reaching exactly. the period that starts with Kanto number one. Yeah, that's rad. That would be amazing. <laughs> it, it, it makes it a lot of fun because it, like even just like when we have to do callbacks for stuff, mm-hmm. there's so much room. There, there's so much to mine out of this. And there's just even little things that were just like throwaway details that we would put in the background. And then you're like, Oh, okay, I'll take this. And you just develop it into something else. It's, it's really a, it's a world that's easy for us to just kind of spin new stuff out of, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah. How hard is it? So Canto three is coming. And we leave Canto in a precarious position. When you're writing that out, David, do you get do you get scared for him? Like, how am I gonna how am I going to put this together in a place that he could succeed? Because he, he, I mean, we're not giving anything away, but I mean, he could fail, he could succeed. And do you sit there and go, man, did I write him too much into a corner? And I don't know how I'm going to get him out of this. No, and the reason I say no yeah. is because. He, 
writing myself into a corner just forces me to be more creative on how the story yeah, unfolds. Yeah. But I have also shared with Drew my vision for how this all ends. And I think we both are very, feel very satisfied. Nice. As mm-hmm. to how we're going to wrap this up in a way that's expected, but not. Yeah. I guess. No, I like that. I think the readers are probably, I mean, we're all, most of the readers of Canto are well-versed in, in fantasy stories. Yeah. And so they probably will have a, a sense, especially after the end of Canto 2, you'll have a sense of where this is all going to end up. But I think it's going to wrap up in a way that will be satisfying and su- surprising. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I'm excited. I'm, I'm not even kidding because the little guy has definitely, it, for lack of a better term, you kind of fall in love with that little guy, you know? Just his demeanor and you his do. tenacity <laughs> and, you know, and he's so freaking cute with his little pot belly and you just like, oh my God, I just want this guy to succeed and everything he does. And so it's, it's fun to see him get to this point and just like, I don't know, I can't wait just to see him kick some serious ass. <laughs> <laughs> and he will, he will, Yep, he's going to have some fun allies alongside him to kick, kick ass with, so <laughs> I'm excited to to share that story. Did you outline this whole story? The whole arcs, all the arcs. Did you out? Did you when you guys sat down and said, "Because if correct me if I'm wrong," when you guys first came on, we talked about the vision of how Canto came and drew drew Canto, showed it to you, and you were like, "Oh, I'm going to write a story to this in a short form." And you wrote us. You you started writing something out. You guys both fell in love with it. Boom, Canto was born. But when you sat down to actually create Canto after seeing Drew's initial vision of the character, did you outline the the thing from arc one all the way to arc four, or has there been some things that's changed as you go along? I would love to tell you that we sat down, we have a 300 page world building binder, right? <laughs> but we do not. <laughs> so I, I awesome if we did, Oh man, that would be awesome. Do people uh, do that though? I just am, you know, I'm just kind of being flippant about it, but there, I, I had a, I had an idea in my head sort of where things were going to go with him beyond the first story arc. We talked about it, Drew and I, we didn't outline in detail, but I, I would say that what's happening in Canto two and then what's coming you know, in the future yeah. is similar to what we, what we had talked about. I think we'd all yeah. had a, a st- story structure in mind. And I think we're following along with that. That's cool. It, yeah. Th- this has stayed pretty, pretty on par. I mean, we, volume one was ri- very much, you know, it has an ending that had this not been successful. And that was the only one we got to tell. It, it ends in a good place yeah. where I think you can feel like you got a full story out of it. There's obviously the open door, but I I think it ends in a way that, you know, had we needed to end it, we, we could. We always had a base idea of where we were going with this, you know, and I would say it's, it's more or less stayed in on the same, on the tracks, you know, stuff has obviously been rearranged, but I, I think it's, it's getting to where we had planned for it. And so Drew, in, in Canto, if I only had a heart, 
and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe in the end of the volume, and people out there listening to this, if you haven't read Canto, I highly suggest you go pick up If I Only Had a Heart. Right now, you know, go to your LCS, see if they have it in. If they don't, ask them to order it. If you need it right now, I believe it's on Comixology. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but you can also order it from Goodreads and Amazon and all that kind of fun stuff. I just want to put it out there. It's a, it's an amazing read. And I believe at the near the back of the uh, the book, at the back of the book, Drew, you share some of your original designs. And obviously, Canto has morphed from what you originally showed David to what you guys produced on the page for the initial stories. What has changed since has anything changed since then? Have you, have you put in any small details that maybe a reader might not notice? No, I, I don't think there's any <clears throat> substantial changes to him. I would say that you do see a slight evolution of me figuring out how to, how to draw him. Yeah. And Volume two is very much the consistent me hitting him on on model every time. I would say the the metal that connects his legs to his body has gotten a little bit shorter than it initially was. And he's maybe a little more compact than I originally had him. But so he's a little shorter, a little squatter. Part, yeah, he's a little bit shorter. For the most part, it it hasn't changed. You know, the design we landed on it has kind of remained the same. I have the original uh, character turnaround that David and I did uh, taped up on the wall. And it's That's my, awesome. it's the touchstone I use when I have to, whenever I feel like I might be wandering off model right. a little bit. That's awesome. Hey, David, <laughs> is there, I'm, I'm always curious when you have something that's gone and, and you guys are, I think you guys said you're 300 pages in or 200 pages in. 200. You're 200 pages in and mentality and judgment can change for the character, right? Because he's evolving through all his life experiences that we've been reading through. Is there something that we can kind of look at from book one to book and volume one, act one, book one to Canto five, that Canto is obviously a different, has grown in the places that he's need to grow yeah, so I, in Canto 1, if I only had a heart, he starts out with a naive amount of courage. Yeah. So he doesn't understand his world. He doesn't understand the threats out there. So he goes out thinking, well, I have courage and that's all I need. <laughs> and I have hope that I can I can solve this problem that I have. And by the time you get to the end of that story arc, he finds out, well... Not only did I fail or I thought I failed with my quest, but that my inspiration in the story of the night was a lie. It was false. Mm-hmm. It was right. twisted through time. And when he comes back and he and then he inspires his people to rise up and, and overtake the slavers, he realizes that there are, you might set out for one goal, but you, you might achieve something else that may be greater yeah. than what you set out to uh, achieve. So in Canto 2, The Hollow Men, he's now in this mentality. I think Drew said this, uh, heavy is the head that wears the crown. (laughs) So he's thrust in this leadership position where he doesn't know if he can do it. So you had Canto who was naively courageous, and now you have Canto who has been sort of worn down by the world and by his experience. And he goes on this second quest to, to save his people. 
And at the end, he realizes it's within his power and his ability to save uh, his people. And yeah. he's going to do that. And he's going he's gonna to take the steps he needs to take to do that. But that's not something, I mean, you, you know, young Kanto in the first story arc would have done the same thing, but I, I don't think he would have gotten gotten there to do it. Right. That the determination sense. is completely different. He would have never made made it to that point. Yeah. And so you you see this this maturing of his character as he understands the world and when he goes out there in these future story arcs to find who's his friend, who's his foe as the final battle comes, he's going to continue to learn that there are nuances in the world that you know, you could live a hundred years and never fully be able to predict or understand or handle everything that the world is going to throw at you. Yeah, that's crazy. He, he's going to become old man Canto, and it's going to get really wild. <laughs> <laughs> old man Canto. All rusty, all rusty, <laughs> creaky. All, all rusty, a beard. Stuck in the forest, waiting for it's a girl to come along. Magnetized metal shavings that hang from his face. <laughs> you know, he's going to look like a Michael Bay transformer. <laughs> oh my god! Have you guys? Oh, what was the question? Have you guys sat down and and thought about? Well, I guess you've already answered this. I was going to ask you what you thought about after Canto, but you guys are working on something that you don't want to give away yet. That is I mean, in the early trials. About my thoughts on it. Yeah, please do. We we know what it's based around and what our general i i, I guess idea of it is. Yeah, yeah. We want to do. I want to say it. I'm going to say it out. Uh, I hope it comes to pass, and it's of course years down the road. But it's a. I think we'd like to do. I personally would like to do a, a space fantasy inspired by. The Odyssey and Alice in Wonderland and starring a boy and his dog. That would be cool. In space. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds rad. I have a, yeah. I have one too that I'm, I'm, I, I want to get off the ground, but I don't know if it ever will because when I sit down to start thinking about it, it always comes out so corny, but I think there's a part of me that feels like it could be good because it's so corny. And I want to do a supernatural baby detective where this guy dies, right? And this voodoo doctor, she, she, or I don't, I don't know how this part's going to work yet, but this voodoo doctor basically gives his soul a fighting chance to inhabit the next person being born and all the souls that are available to go into the baby being born kind of battle it out. And then whoever wins gets to be born. So they give him the ability to battle it out and he wins. And so he's reborn after just dying. But he retains everything. So he's like a 60-year-old grumpy man in this like two-year-old body, but he can talk and he can walk and he can do everything. And he's investigating supernatural paranormal. And he's got his mom. And I always have vision that his mom is helping him investigate. And he's got his little gun and he just talks rude because he's a 60-year-old curmudgeon. And all you see is like the old Looney Tunes cartoons where all you saw was their the hem of their dress and their ankles of the mom. That's all you see because he's so short. So that's his perspective. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've got the elevator pitch. I've got the elevator pitch for you of what you compare it to for uh, a publisher. It's, uh, it's the X-Files meets five from Umbrella Academy 
with the episode of Family Guy where Stewie and his brother fight it out to uh, <laughs> in uh, Peter's balls. Yeah. <laughs> and you just sing the theme song, Supernatural Baby Detective. <laughs> <laughs> See? It's I can tell totally- I can picture it. Oh, it's so <laughs> stupid. I feel like it could be funny and it could be a lot of fun. And then you could just see, like, I see the cover where all you see is she's like, all you see is her dress and it's like a total fifties mom's dress, you know? And he's in a, he's got his, what do you call the hats? The, oh my God, what can I think? The, the like the, he's fedora. Yeah. He's dressed in a fedora. He's dressed, he's dressed like Humphrey Bogart, you know? And he's got his gun. And it's smoky and you, and it's just like the one street light coming down and, and that's what's highlighting him. It's supernatural baby detective. <laughs> so <laughs> Kenrick, a couple years from now, Drew and I are going to be doing a new book and it's, it's called concept supernatural, is like supernatural, baby. Yeah, supernatural <laughs> baby detective. You know what? If you guys ran with it, I would be so happy. You have no idea. I would just be like, <laughs> I just want to be on there as, as, a, as a creator and helper. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I would be ecstatic. You have no creator idea. Creator and helper. Yeah, creator helper. That's 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 what I am. I'm always good with the ideas. It's always the execution that seems to be the hardest part. I think that's how most people are. Great ideas, bad at execution. Yeah, and that's why it makes comic books so hard that people don't understand. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to get going. It is. It is. There, there is a lot of. It, there's a lot of thought process that goes into this stuff, and especially from our end that like, at least for me, if you're giving me your money, yeah, I, I, I really feel like you deserve to have the absolute best that I can put out there. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's why these pages are so detailed and why every page I do, I just try and up it as much as I can because it, it's, if you're going to invest your your time and your hard-earned money in me, then that seems like the least I can do. Right. Yeah, and to well, it's it's the time too. You know, unless you can devote a, a, a large portion of your time, you're not gonna. You have mm-hmm. to really, really love it and really get into it because I meet people all the time that just kind of yeah, I just kind of play around with it, and they, their stuff is never where it needs to be to be successful. You know, because they don't, they're not putting their heart and soul into it. And it's just like anything. Mm-hmm. You got to be really, really into it and uh, really love it. And I don't know. Everybody I've talked to that's made it, that's gotten to the level where you guys are at, it's it's an all-day thing. It's an, it's an everyday, all-day consuming thing. I It took me about a decade yeah. to have a book that was an actual success. And, I, and I've done multiple books. And yeah. it just, that, that's what it takes. Some people get lucky. Some people are, you know, really really talented and it just kind of clicks together for them really fast but it, it is a lot of work and i've seen a lot of talented people it never happened for them yeah and them wander into other things where you know their talents serve them really well but th- this is you you have to be in it to win it yep yep well all right guys we're th- closing in on almost an hour which is kind of crazy. It went fast. It went too fast. I love talking with you too. Anytime you guys want to come on, please just tell me. Kendrick, we're coming on on Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> love it. I'm love not it. even kidding. Anytime you guys yeah. have something, yeah, let's talk. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make that supernatural baby detective someday. I'm telling you. 
I can't wait. I to think Kanto's going to go for it. I think Kanto's going to meet a supernatural baby detective. <laughs> <laughs> and they just look, they're like, I they just make eye contact and they're exactly the same height. They do the head nod. And they sort of look at each other. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm still waiting for our Kanto lock and key crossover where Kanto goes into lock and key and meets Bode. Oh, that would be awesome. Bode. That'd be funny. Bode. <laughs> I'm waiting for plushies. It's the heart. That would be my, yeah, that would be my, my ultimate thing. I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the Kanto plushies. Like it, she just seems like a perfect plushie to give my seven-year-old. Yep. We're all totally agree for that. (laughs) Uh, My, my dream crossover is a three issue mini series. That is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kanto and Usagi Yojimbo. Oh my God. And each, each issue, an issue takes place in Kanto's world, in Manhattan, in Usagi's world, and we get eat Kevin, Kevin to do the TMNT issue, and Drew gets does the Kanto, and Stan Sakai does the Usagi issue, and they just are like going, they they like world hop. And they've got to help each other in some way to get to some goal. I don't know what the story is. But <laughs> that if that ever were to happen, <laughs> I would just be, be sitting there going, one of these things is not like the other one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It, it would like, be amazing. How did I get here? Like, Kanto somehow finds, through, stumbles through a portal and goes into the sewers of New York, meets the turtles, that issue, they find their way to another portal, you can, and they are back in Kanto's world. They, they've already they, been to that timeline. This is perfect. <laughs> and then they all it end up tumbling a great into, outing, but Why can't he go back into the Valley of the Lionheart and, and go through the portal there? Perfect. Open the I doors. Light, light somewhere. She's like, opens the, the doors. Okay, I'm going to send you back to your land. Okay. Oops. I'm in Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. He turns back and she's April Neal now. Canto comes to Manhattan and accidentally gets arrested. Oh my God. What if he comes to Manhattan, but he's like nine feet tall because that is what his height <laughs> is in our world. <laughs> he would just say, that would be hysterical. Like a, he would just, he would just be an attraction in Times Square. <laughs> he just like, he stands still. You could see it. He gets there and he stands still and everybody thinks it's a piece of modern art. Yeah. In Times Square. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That would be so funny. <laughs> David, we, we have our pitch. Let's do it. Done. You, done. you guys done. should do it. We already it. know who to talk to. <laughs> oh my God. That'd be awesome. That would be so awesome. I'd actually really like to see you like write this email out. Like I, I don't want you to actually send it. I just want to read the email and see how preposterous it sounds. What the, the pitch, how the pitch sounds. <laughs> yes. Picture it. <laughs> I, oh, oh, yeah. The, the, the pitch for this epic crossover for IDW would be just listing how many tens of thousands of copies of each issue that we will sell. <laughs> and I'll be like, done, done. <laughs> oh my God. 
That would be so Perfect awesome. Kid, you got it. It's like the that's that story where James Cameron was pitching the sequel to Alien. He went into the room with them. You heard this? No. Yeah, I, I, this is a great story. <laughs> he went into the after Alien was a massive success. He went into the room with all the executives and he wrote the word Alien on the whiteboard and put an S on the end and made it a dollar <laughs> sign. <laughs> 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 I'm sure it's just an urban legend. I'm sure there's no real truth to that, but that is how you pitch. That is awesome. A sequel. I, I don't know. James Cameron's got enough bravado to do that. To tell Cameron, you, what, oh yes, yes, he does. Especially back in those days. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and so you, did Kenrick? I'll just say that we, the way we pitched the sequel to Canto, yeah, was very similar, except. With the C, we put lines through it <laughs> for, for sense. The sense. <laughs> and they were like, done. Dude, I'm going to get you keep pennies on mind, the dollar. We were all, keep in mind, when we pitched volume two, we were standing in the corner of a hallway at San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, while man. our editor patiently listened to us pitch this, while I'm pretty sure it was already approved. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> Are you guys missing the Comic-Cons right now? Or do you like the fact that you you haven't had to go and, and, and kind of hawk your wares? Yes and no. Me personally, I had, so I did Emerald City the year before, or the year Canto came out. So Emerald City was a couple of months before Canto released. Yeah. And I had decided I was going to take a break from tabling for about a year or two, because it's just, it's expensive and yep. it is a huge investment of resources and time and energy. Plus you get sick every San time you Diego do one. Was, you do, you do. Yep. And especially if you've got a day job, it's hard to kind of constantly justify this stuff. And then you're losing time drawing and all, all of that. Yeah. San Diego was great. I love going to a con and just walking around and kind of mooching off of other people's boobs and hiding behind them. But I, I miss seeing people like I, I, me and David don't really get to see each other despite how much we talk. But I I miss getting to see this group that I don't get to spend a lot of time with face to face. And I I miss kind of interacting with fans. But the flip side of that is it's really nice not having to travel. Yeah. And it has made it so I can kind of invest more time what, into you, the work and do you go, into other when, things. <laughs> when they're going strong, do you go to many do you go to as many cons as you can or do you just go to a couple? I, I only hit a couple. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I personally don't have the resources because I, I generally have to pay my own way to get anywhere. Dude, New York um, to Seattle is not cheap. I don't have the resources cheap. to do it. What? New York to Seattle is not cheap. No, it is not. New York is only happens for me because I live here. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see um, you come up to Emerald City I, again, I, though. Shit. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I can generally get a pro pass for New York, so it's not a big deal. But if I had to pay for New York with everyone else, I'm going to... It'd be hard. That's crazy. I miss them. Uh, yeah, I miss. I'm. I miss getting together with people. I miss sort of being that that nerd bubble, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. Just kind of shutting out the rest of the world and, and just being surrounded by things that you love, or you know, mm -hmm. not stuff. Maybe you're not even that interested in it, but it's just like in your wheelhouse. Yeah, and yep. it just feels very Familiar. very comfortable. <laughs> I miss that. I go to. WonderCon, Emerald City, San Diego, New York, 
Oh man. As things go along, I might go to Chicago and Baltimore and a couple other places. Yeah. But you know, it's this, the staying at home has really pared back all of the extraneous nonsense that, that distracts you from the creative process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I'm not going out and having drinks with folks or lunches, dinners, cons, I'm just not, you know, since we can't do any of that, all I'm doing is, you know, at home producing comics. And I think it really, other than the first part of the pandemic, which was really stressful, I think for everybody creatively. Yeah. After I got over that hump, I, I think it was probably my most productive year last year so far. And <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Most, most successful. There's a lot of things that are going to come down the pike that nobody, nobody knows about yet. Yeah. And I awesome. think that, you know, I think it's all the result of everybody else having to stay home too. And just focusing on yeah. what, what matters, which is creating yep. material, right. Creating stories and then, you know, making things move forward. So when the time comes that we can all sort of be released from our cages we can we we're ready to go we're ready to hit the ground running yeah so, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy when that I, that gets all cleared out i think people have this concept that it's gonna be a light switch that it just turns off and everybody can go about their business yeah i think we're and gonna live with this for the rest of our lives i think this gradual process is gonna be we're gonna we're gonna get it we're gonna get relief in trickles yeah yeah I, I think we're going to live with it for the rest of our lives in some form or fashion. It might not be like it was 2020. And I can see things getting to somewhat of a base by next fall. That's what Dr. Fauci was saying. He thinks by next fall, we'll, we'll be as close to normal as we're ever going to get. And so I think as more people get the vaccination and hopefully they get a handle on any of these variants that keep happening, these variations. But I think it's going to be like a yearly thing, you know? Oh, there's a strong bout of COVID going around. Everybody should stay home as much as possible. That kind of stuff. That's crazy. It is crazy. It's it's just like dystopian. I'm still in the story the other day. We we can wrap up. When I watched Watchmen, the TV show, and it was raining squids. Yeah. I watched that and before covid that's like the craziest thing after covid i thought you know what if the sky opened up from another dimension and rained squids squid on us i just would not be that surprised (laughs) i'd roll with it yeah squids now okay fine interdimensional squids uh uh, all right David, before before you guys go, I, I, I keep wanting to ask you, what does your husband think of your comic career? Is he into comic books or is he completely different? He only reads one comic and that. So ironically, um, we have the same, our spouses both have the same relationship with it. That's funny. <laughs> he is not a comics guy, but yeah. he's definitely a geek. So, I mean, we're, we're enormous Lord of the Rings fans. Nice. And we're just watching. He, he's watched it for the first time and i'm watching re-watching uh all of game of thrones oh nice and he's loving it so he's and he goes to comic-con he can't it's like two hours on the floor and then he's off at the pub yeah but yeah he's definitely in the the in the sphere in nice. our sphere but not not as much a comics guy well there you guys go all right so guys before we just right before we wrap up what date can we tell people that Kanto 2, Issue 5 is out? 
Issue number five arrives on Wednesday, this Wednesday, which is February 3rd. And then if you're feeling really ambitious, you can tell your shop to pre-order Canto 2 Holloman trade paperback, which comes Boom. out in May, uh, release date of May 12th. And then they can also pre-order Canto and the City of Giants number one, which arrives in shops on April 14th. Wow. So just load up on Canto. There you there, go. There is a lot of Canto coming. You guys will be shocked of how much you'll read it too. So just 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 take our advice and do it. You'll be all right. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming and hanging out. It's it's. I, I love talking with you too. That's not blowing smoke. I really do. And I'm serious when I tell you, anytime you want to come on, just just reach out to me. I think you guys have all my stuff. So whatever you guys want to come on, just let me know and. Let's do this again. Fantastic. Well, thank you, thank, thank you for having us. And we yep. will see you next Monday. All right, guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's do this. All right. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye. Take care. Thanks, Cameron. No Bye. problem. Thank you. And we're back. That's right. We are back. Back in the saddle again. Well, <laughs> I hope you guys really, really enjoyed that as much as we did making it for you. And if you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you got to go check out spoilerverse.com because at spoilerverse.com, we have a plethora. Plethora is such a, it's such a snobbish word. <laughs> I like it though. <laughs> It's, it's a good word. <laughs> we have an obscene amount of oh, interviews obscene. with amazing directors and artists of all walks of life and editors and writers. And, oh, my God, are you a lover of comic books like we are? And then there's so many, so many amazing people from the comic book world over at Spoilerverse.com. And I highly implore you to go there and check it out. Yeah, and while you're there, you can check out all the other podcasts on our network, like Bridges and Geekdoms and Funny Book Forensics and Haphazard Adventures and Nerds from the Crypt and so many more. Misery Point Radio. episodes all the time. Misery Point Radio has got a ton of great stuff out there. Go check all of them out. And check out all of the reviews and previews and articles we have going up every single day for you. Every day on Swillivers.com for you to check out, to read, and to love, and to like, and to comment. We have a store link. If you want to help support the site, you can do it two ways. One, go to our Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash country, or go to our store link in the middle of the site there and get a t-shirt, a face mask, a hoodie, something. Look fly as hell and help support the site when you do that because we get a dollar or two. And, you know, maybe you want to talk to us. If you do, you can do it you know, obviously on all the socials. But if you go to scpod.us slash discord, you can join our public discord server and come chat with us all day long. I couldn't say it better myself, dude. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You just mouthed out a ton of information at once. And really, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy what you're hearing because we're, we're working our butts off to bring it to you. We are. We are. I guess there's only one left thing. One left thing? Yeah. I'm going to go <laughs> with it. There's only one left thing left to do. What's that? In an oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. As Cthulhu compels you to do. Open the mind. And... Even more.